Hello to our listeners and welcome to TNT ESQ. Along with my co-host Teresa Quinlan, I'm Rhys Thomas. We make up TNT. For those of you who don't know, TNT is our initials. Simple, right? Uh, we're here to explode the status quo. This series is all about talking with people who are helping us to think differently so we can start doing differently. Our guest today is Quinn Farrell. Woo! Yay! A, yay. <laughs> he is a seeker and encourager of dialogue and thought. He really likes to start from the big circle and enjoys that dynamic of trying to get people around a topic itself before getting into small pinpointed concepts or ideas. Quinn, Reese, and I, all longstanding members of the Humans First Club, Quinn is an engineer by profession. He's really pushing the boundaries in his profession because he's trying to bring humanity into it. But maybe even more poignantly, he's trying to bring emotional intelligence into a career that perhaps isn't known for their EQ skills. Let's use a quoted phrase of his engineered EQ. It's like so exciting. I can't wait. Welcome. Welcome to TNT ESQ, Quinn. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you and Reese and, you know, have a lot of respect for all the other people who've been on this show before me. So I, uh, I hope I live up to the standard and I'm uh, really looking forward to this conversation. Can't wait. I respect y'all's opinion and, and where you're coming from on this topic as well. Glad to have you here. You will do us proud, I'm sure. If nothing else, because people are like listening into our conversation, we know we're going to enjoy it. And we just right. hope people take nuggets from it. You're an engineer by education and career. So you have these insider insights to a career that isn't traditionally known for its emotional intelligence. It's definitely known for its prominence within IQ. Right. So how and when did the importance of EQ become apparent to you? That's a great question. Not, it wasn't one aha moment, and, you know, especially as you start looking back, you try and, okay, where did I get to? How did I get to this point? There were things along the way. I think one thing that influenced me early on was being an athlete. You start seeing in teamwork and some of the things that come from that, you know, there was always a team there and you're always with other people and you knew you had to, you know, interact with them. You know, we don't always associate athletics with emotional intelligence, but it's a huge part of it. Then I was at the Citadel. Those who don't know, it's a military college in Charleston, South Carolina very regimented environment but again what they do as a freshman there everyone wears a gray uniform you know they shave your head and, and you're all part of the long gray line is what they call it but you are forced to look out for those around you of course you're going through it it's a it's a singular experience that you have but you're all learned to take care of those people that are around you so, you know these little things started building up and then when I got into actually becoming an engineer you know graduating as an engineer and then I actually had a fifth year old so I started my MBA too so within that there were some leadership classes, some communication classes. So you start getting these hints of it. And then I dove headfirst into becoming a design engineer. And so working on that side, you got to see, here's how it affects you and these other organizations. And I actually worked for a large engineering company that um, had about 2,500 employees. And interestingly enough, they had two tracks that you could take. And so there was a pure design track and then there was a management track. And they recognized early on that there's things that make good managers and there's things that make good engineers. Sometimes they overlap, sometimes they don't. Again, I wasn't like, okay, EQ is this thing, but I, I started seeing those things. What really probably tipped me over was when I left pure design engineering and I went into sales. And so I left uh, an engineering role to go into outside sales and engineering sales. And I'm sitting there 
I remember coming home and telling my wife, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to sell every job because I'm an engineer. I'm competing with people who aren't engineers. I, I've got this. Like, I know more about these systems than the other people do. And it was it was further than from the truth, right? You know, I didn't sell every job. And it wasn't until I started connecting with my clients on a level of, it's not about me or what I know. It's about what are the needs of the other person? How can I meet those in an efficient manner? Then I can start engineering. But I, I couldn't do that until I figured out what was going on. From there, progressed the management, had people working for me. And you start seeing these things, you know, where it's, again, it's the people and connecting with them as people before you connect with them as a title or a role. And then about two years ago, I started looking back and I was thinking, what if I went back to tell the graduating class or myself as a senior at the Citadel, like, what would I tell myself? Hmm. And I started realizing that it had maybe one quarter of it was everything I learned in the classroom. And it was these technical skills and it was the degrees and becoming a licensed engineer. Like those things help, but it was the football. It was the military stuff. It was the emotional intelligence, learning how to connect with other people mm -hmm. that really mattered more where we are with technology and AI and everything going on now. My dad bought a calculator in college for a hundred dollars that adds, subtract, and multiply and divide. My grandfather before him used a slide rule. I had a calculator in college that would do linear equations and my daughter has that on her phone now. As humans, we're not going to compete with technology to do these rote tasks. If we're going to be innovative and creative, then you need emotional intelligence to do that. And that's really what the future of engineering is. It's not just getting paid to do calculations. For me, that just started saying, okay, what is emotional intelligence formally? And then I started really trying to dig in and, and peel back the onion on it. This doesn't make sense to an engineer. How would an engineer look at this? And so then my, my real goal for the last couple of years has been, how can I take this soft, loose construct of emotional intelligence and put it in, in a language that people from a technical background would kind of resonate with? Awesome. I love that. So much to unpack there. And I appreciate you talking through your story there. Okay. So one thing comes up. So traditionally, I think we'd all agree that education, hiring, promotion is focused on hard skills, shall we say, yeah. um, the quantifiable. So correct me if I'm wrong, but engineering is also a very fact-based quantifiable profession, right? What is the value of adding emotional intelligence into the equation uh, as far as bottom line benefits? One is because of where we are, like technology and the systems and the things that we design now are more sophisticated than they've ever been. Years ago, there was like one type of roof and it was like, did it have gravel on or not gravel? I mean, it was very a simple industry. Computers have allowed us this opportunity to design new products and new things. And as those all come, you have specialization. Well, if you have specialization, then you've got to start talking to other people. To talk to other people, you have to have the emotional intelligence. And so for me, it's how do you do these inner conversation between teams? You know, that's one thing that happens. The other thing is we're not getting by with just buying the latest technology to make what we do faster. We've got to be innovative. You know, why is Apple so good? Because they keep innovating. They keep coming up with new stuff. Even in what is a traditional, you know, industry, engineering, you know, there's not much changing. There's a lot changing, but the technology is only going to get you so far. And if you're just relying on technology to get you somewhere, then you're easily replaced by whoever's going to spend the most money on the, on the technologies. The other part that this is what gives me a lot of hope is we have problems with the environment, all the things that we're, we're worried about. Uh, how are we going to fix this? We don't know how to fix this. Well, we don't know how to fix this with yesterday's technology. But if we take all the creative power that we have, the, the intelligence that we have, we merge those two together and we start getting innovative and creative about what we can do in the future, then we can come together and we can solve those problems of tomorrow 
with a new way of thinking. And, and that new way of thinking comes out of that growth mindset, which is tied directly to being open to emotional intelligence. Ooh, that's awesome. There's two critical pieces you said in there, that, that piece around when we look at bottom line benefits, you have mm -hmm. to be able to communicate with other people and clear communication, open communication leads to the leveraging of staying ahead of the competition. <laughs> if we want to innovate faster than right. other people, we have to have this foundation, which in emotional intelligence is self-awareness. That's right. the foundation. And a lot of studies and research around EQ right now demonstrates a very low percentage of our population is actually self-aware. They may think they are, but yeah. they're like a little A. They've been yeah. given some feedback, for example, right? right? Says you kind of interrupt people and like okay so i should probably stop interrupting people that's an element of self-awareness but there's a bigger a underneath that i've always found that when people have been working on something for a while like their emotional intelligence they've got really helpful self-awareness strategies so what's one, maybe your favorite one that, that <laughs> um, you can share with our listeners or maybe not your favorite. Maybe it, yeah. maybe it was the one that was the hardest, but gave you the best results. Well, I think one that, that is very relevant now in the world of the smartphone, we talk about presence, being present in the moment, showing up as your whole self. And so you have to be aware. If I give you half of me and you give me half of you combined, that's one quarter. We just diminish what we're doing. My thing there is just don't have fractional engagement. You have to be present with yourself. When you're alone, sit with yourself for a while. You know, give your, yourself time to think really about what's important to you and what's going on. There's meditation. There's a lot of ways you can really deep down into this. But one of the simplest things to do is just sit. And, and be with yourself and be comfortable being with yourself. And if you can get to that point, it just starts to open up a lot of these things. All this change starts with us. So if you can show up for yourself, then you start showing up for other people. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to the difference between IQ and EQ. So in an engineering environment, IQ is not just necessary, it's praised, it's recognized, it's rewarded. So how do you overcome that barrier of putting EQ on the same pedestal or even higher. I'm guessing there must be examples where maybe you found or you've seen in your colleagues perhaps where maybe IQ has got in the way. You know, IQ has been the reason why you weren't successful and perhaps a little extra of the EQ at the right time in the right, taught in the right way would have made all the difference. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, there's, there's two ways to think about this too. And, and I'm not dismissing IQ. Mm -hmm. IQ in a lot of ways is the gate. My brother's a doctor. He has a certain IQ that he needed to get those technical skills. And engineers have professional registrations for a reason because it tells you, hey, you're competent at the design, the hard stuff that you need to do. Just because somebody's a nice person, they get to be an engineer. You know, but, you know, like, <laughs> it, it, it would have saved me a lot of work to, um, to, to, <laughs> yeah, um, to jump there. The MIT, they did a study where Everybody that's there had to get to this level. But once you're on that level, then you start looking along the spectrum. And what they found was the people who are happiest and most successful were on the EQ end of the spectrum. And there's times where better together, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Teams that work together, if you look at Google did with Project Aristotle, they found that psychological safety was what was the predictor for high-performing teams. And that was regardless of IQ. And, and I mean, if you're at Google, you've got a high IQ. But it wasn't just the super IQs within that IQ pool that were saying, hey, this is what gets you kind of where you need to go. 
that's how you kind of have to look at it. It's, it's not that it's not important. It's just once you reach that level, you're going to experience things in a, in a much richer way and you're going to get more out of your IQ by embracing the EQ, you know, it multiplies what you're doing. And, and if you don't have it, then you're negatively multiplying what you're doing. And yeah, I've got a story, and this was one of the stories that did stick out early. One of the best engineers I've ever worked with design-wise was, was a genius. But we had an outside meeting. We were trying to do a, a site layout. We had to put this stormwater retention pond. We had to put it in an easement. And it was that was the only place it could go because of the way the site was. We were asking for a variance. And so we're meeting with them, and they're like, well, why are you putting it here? It's not for standard. And he tried to explain it three different ways, kept getting feedback. And just he broke down and said, you must be stupid if you don't understand what we're doing. It's like, um, that's a client, right? This was in a real meeting. And subsequently what happened was he got demoted to where he couldn't meet with anybody outside of our company. We had to go do a lot of apologizing, rightfully so. And then we had to work twice as hard to get that same project approved where a simple awareness that, hey, I'm not doing a good uh, job of explaining this. I'm not seeing it from their perspective, you know, just a little empathy to say, okay, well, why isn't she understanding what I'm telling her? It just was, you're stupid. Real bottom line costs were, we had to redesign it. We had to have that meeting again. We had to take time to do it. So that's where the not having the EQ really gets in the way because technically everything he was saying was right. He was mm -hmm. just saying the right thing in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I love, I love the answer, but for me, the response was they took him back and they just demoted him. There was no bothering of fixing, no, no, no question of development, no question of EQ, I'm sure, never even came up. Get this guy out <laughs> of the front line, put him away, can't we speak, no one can talk to him anymore. Yeah. This is not one of his strengths. We should not put him in front of clients. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that, sure, know, that's self-defense. The first yeah. thing they teach you is don't put yourself in positions where you need to use self-defense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we get it that that, sure, there's an identified weakness there. Right. When our audience perhaps heard you say IQ is a necessity, but EQ along the spectrum really helps you to start outperforming. Many of them may have asked the question internally or externally, how much does it improve performance? And there is the research is done, 68%, oh, yeah. which yeah. is a huge number, both to bottom line and both right. even our essence of well-being. In right. Our Met with an author last year. She wrote a book on empathy and it's a great book, but she knew she wasn't going to get people to buy into empathy. She had to prove it to their bottom line. And so she said, this is how much money you're going to make by becoming more empathetic. She knew in the back of her mind, as you become more empathetic, it feels good. And the better it feels, the more you want to do it. And so it becomes less about the money and it becomes more about the feeling. And so that's the secret here. I wish it wasn't a secret because it's like if more people realize this, I mean, this is one of the top things you can do to be more efficient. And it's across, you know, all industries salespeople get this right and there's other there's doctors now that are doing this there's banks that are doing this i mean there's mm -hmm. trader i mean there's one of the most surprising ones to me was coders who are higher in eq can write code 10 times more efficient than their low eq people code like you're writing code and again i think we underestimate how much creativity that's the piece that that comes out of this reason i have had the pleasure of looking at some of your work in how you present emotional intelligence from an engineer's mind. The one that I particularly find really interesting is looking at EQ from the angle of absolute value. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if you could do the honor of describing this concept yeah. in a way that our listeners can understand. 
just take it slowly. <laughs> uh, absolute value in pure mathematics is negative seven, positive seven. They're both seven places of what, you know, like you imagine you're walking down the sidewalk, you're either seven steps front of your house or you're seven steps behind your house. Your house is zero. So that's your order of magnitude of where you're away. It's just staying neutral. Buddhism calls it equanimity, but it's just staying at an even keel. Trevor Moat, he's the sports psychologist, like mind guy for Alabama, University of Georgia. Like his thing is it's staying in neutral. Thing is, if you're trying to get from reverse to forward, got to go through neutral. So, so many people end up, you know, they're in reverse, they're on a negative side and our biases are such that we judge things instantly, right? We know this and, and this is just part of what it is. Instead of saying that's right or you're stupid, you're just different. You have a different of opinion. We different personalities are things because of where we live, but we're still all humans. And so if we just recognize that, you know, it's not better to live in Canada or better to live in the UK, it just is different. And so if you look at those degrees of difference and what makes them different, then we can say, okay, now we have a discussion. If I can just say it's not good or bad, it just is. It's really hard to stay positive when there's really big negative things. And so I'm not saying don't stay positive, just stay neutral and, and just have an absolute value. And then it will give you that position to move forward or not go negative. There's also this beautiful piece within that absolute value when we look at the magnitude away from neutral is also mm -hmm. how much work I need to implement on an EQ basis yeah. to get myself back to neutral. Right. So if I'm at negative seven compared to negative two, negative seven is a lot more work <laughs> to get myself. So the self-awareness piece that we spoke about, the being present, the noticing means I'll pick it up at minus one and have to do a little tweaking to get myself back to neutral. If I'm not mm -hmm. self-aware, I'm going to go all the way to negative seven pretty easily without noticing. And then I'm noticing because it's so catastrophic and big in its nature and mm -hmm. the work to get back can be um, well exhausting. Truth. Having that awareness to know that there is even a scale in whatever we're talking about, not just being like, zero to a hundred, whether it's positive or negative, you have the awareness to know that you know, this is really bad, but it could be a lot worse or it could be a lot better and being able mm -hmm. to sit with that and understand how I maybe take that next step forward and not worry about the, the steps I could be taking backwards. So thank you for explaining that to us. I hope it was nice. And <laughs> oh, was that, was, did that make sense, Teresa? Um, <laughs> so good. It was so good. Yes. Thank you. I wanted to echo what you said, what Teresa said earlier, that we, we have had the pleasure of looking at this presentation that you've been working on for some time, and it is really excellent. So I wanted to, I want you to use this opportunity to really promote the things that you have highlighted in this presentation, albeit for engineers. I'll go out on a limb here and say most of our listeners aren't engineers. I, mean, <laughs> I might be wrong, but they're probably not. Yeah. Having read through it all, I can see that there are huge things for everyone to understand here, not just engineers, but I know obviously this is what we're focusing. So mm -hmm. do you have like a couple of sort of takeaway things that you could summarize this amazing presentation just for people to get an inkling of what you've got to share and then maybe cause them to want to reach out and find out more? The first thing is we were emotional before we were ever thinking. It's not this new thing to be emotional or it's not part of our evolution. Like Emotional intelligence used to be all we had. The other part is soft skills. So it becomes this touchy-feely, and there is some of that in there, but again, that's not what it's limited to. So don't be afraid of it, it's something like that, or you've got to spill your gut to work on your emotional intelligence. For me, once you understand what emotional intelligence is, and it's how you relate to yourself, how you relate to other people, if you can look at that construct of how we're interacting with everybody, 
that's a key for me. The takeaway that I want to have is, okay, well, what do I do now that I know emotional intelligence is important? It's like, well, remember that you don't want to have fractional engagement, put the phone down, center your thoughts on where you're at or center them on yourself before you get into that situation. Remember absolute value. And the other piece that we haven't really talked about is triangulation. So if you, if you imagine, you know, looking and drafting, when you draw something in three dimensions, you know, you get to see the whole thing around it. If you take that isometric view and say, I don't know everything. And when I have a decision to make, I want to find other people who are experts and I kind of split myself and say, okay, let me go, let me go prove to myself that I'm right. Or let me look for other opinions. You get this really holistic view of things. And I think that's one place where low EQ gets in the way from engineering is I've got the right idea that there's one way or the highway and you just doggedly go after something. Instead of saying, does anyone else have an opinion in a way that invites people to have another opinion? EQ is something they've proven time and time again, gets stronger the longer you study it. So you have a higher EQ till the day you die. It's a lifelong skill. And the more you do it, it just makes things richer. Fantastic. Yeah. So many good points there. If Teresa was saying self-awareness was the foundation, that piece about having you know, awareness of multiple perspectives and being able to recognize them and welcome them and process them all sounds like things that would be very natural to an engineer. So, you know, you're probably halfway there already. You just guess <laughs> tuning maybe something that you've learned right. to a different frequency. So, all right. So how can people find out more about the great work you're doing? What's coming up for you? I know you've got this presentation. How can people reach out and, and learn more about it? Yeah, LinkedIn's a great place to connect with me. And then I also have a website that's infinitehumans.me. The presentation, you know, talking about what I did was as an engineer in, in the United States, we have to have continuing education credits. And so I was actually able to take a course on an introduction to emotional intelligence for the architects, engineers, and consultants. And so it was basically distilling this conversation into a presentation that I could give a one-hour CEU class and got it approved by the American Institute of Architects, which is great. So architects, engineers, and consultants, anyone who needs these type of CEUs can get that credit. And what I'm hoping is the presentation really, again, it just opens the door. You walk away with three things that you can take in, into your life and start applying. And then from there, I'm in the process of starting a mastermind that's uh, engineering performance. The idea is all these things we've talked about, you know, how do we become high-performing engineers? Some of that is EQ, some of that's IQ. Through these discussions, it's, it's a richer dialogue. And that's what I want to find. The third aspect of what we're looking at is doing workshops within corporations. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, okay, so as you know, we always like to finish our show with a fun rapid fire. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. Okay, number one, manager or leader? Leader. Uh, number two, active or reactive? Active. Number three, black and white or grey? Grey. Number four, optimistic or realist? Really optimistic. <laughs> uh, number five, Canada or England? Greenland. Wonderful. <laughs> nice choice. Uh, number six, heart or head? Heart. Number seven, empathy or assertiveness? Empathy. Number eight, introvert or extrovert? Situationally extrovert. Number nine, logical or emotional? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and number 10, innovation or process? innovation. Wow, awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, thank, thank you. you. The best way for us to find out if we are giving you our listener 
the value of your time. By helping you think differently so you can do differently is if you write a review and give a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on.